All right, it is Tuesday. Let's talk legal matters, specifically wills today. It's a popular topic, so if you've got a question, call in now, 131873. Maybe you've had issues with changing your will. You're worried that someone has been changing your will without your approval. And obviously with COVID, how you make your will, sign it, can be done differently too. Give us a call, 131873. As always, we've got our $100 Westfield voucher for the caller with the best question. And John Mann is a partner in the Turner Freeman Parramatta office's Office specialises in unfair wills. He's on the line for us now. G'day, John. G'day, Deb. How are you going? Yeah, good, good. We've got a full board already, so we might get straight into it, hey? Denise kicks it off with a question for us. G'day, Denise. Oh, hi, Deb. Thanks for taking my call. My husband passed away in September, and so I have the house, family house now, and some money. I've changed, well, I've remade my will in December. But I have a daughter and a son who are beneficiaries. But the daughter's been separated for 10 years from her husband. She has three children. It's been hell on earth with us, with him for 10 years. I'm just a bit concerned. Can he put a claim in because they're not divorced? Mm, can the ex put a claim in, Denise? For, for Denise's question, John, do you know? That, that crosses us over into the field of family law, which... Uh is not necessarily my strong suit, but um, have they had a property settlement between them? Yes. Well, in that case, then, the prospects of her coming back for a second go are very remote. All right. No, I'm worried about him coming back for the second go, the ex-husband. Uh, yeah, well, well, I'm sorry, the, the, the ex-partner of your daughter, if there's been a proper property settlement between the two of them, and that's all been dealt with, then that's basically the end of the matter, unless, of course, there were some fraudulent um, elements about the property settlement. But that's what property settlements are for, to try and get matters sorted out between the parties. So if there's been one, I don't think there's much cause for concern. All right, there you go, Denise. There's an answer for you. That's a good one. David, what was your question for, for John? I have a question about mutual wills. My parents have a mutual will, and um, I'm just wondering how that works. Uh, if one person dies, um, then the other person, um, 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 the value of those assets can go down, but they can't transfer it to someone else other than the beneficiaries, is how I understand it. Yes, this is, this is a very uh, complicated issue because there are various types of uh, wills which are classified as mutual or whether or not people enter into a contract to draw a will saying if I draw my will in this fashion you will draw your will in that fashion and neither of us will change our will without the permission of the other then if one party should die the other survivor is then left in a situation where they're bound by the terms of the contract but I'd need to see the will uh, to be able to tell you precisely what that what that all meant. All right, Mike, put you through to, to Tara, David. If you can hold on the line and we might put you in contact with John to get further details for you. Jim's got a question. G'day, Jim. Hello. Hi, what was your question, Jim? Um, I'm about to make a will and I've got four kids which I'm going to divide it between. If one of those children dies before I do, will it be then um, divided between the surviving three. All right. That de- that, that's an interesting question, but that depends upon what you say in your will. Most people say 
that if one of my children should pass away before I do, and they have children of their own, in other words, your grandchildren, the grandchildren take the share that their parent would have taken had they survived you. Now, it's that may happen as a matter of course in the law, but it's better in your will to say as much. All right, so specify it, Jim. Make sure it's very clear, and that's the case. You've got to do that with all wills too, John. Obviously, you've got to have – that's why you enlist a lawyer to get get that language very clear and precise. Quite so. Mm. All right. Rhonda, what was your question for John? I just wanted to know a little bit about the public trustee. We relocated to Queensland a couple of years ago and changed our purchasing a home up here. We changed our will and we've left our two sons as the executors and the beneficiaries should something happen to my husband or I and also power of attorney for both of them. But after actually going through the public trustee, we've had a couple of people go, oh, you, you know, they're a bit doubtful on the public trustee with wills. So I'm just not sure if we've done the right thing or should we go to a solicitor and, and have the will done through a solicitor. We've taken, we have not made the public trustee any executor of the will, it's just our children. Well, it's then, if the children are the appointed executors, it's entirely their choice who does the legal work in your estate. So that even if the public trustee drew the will, doesn't necessarily mean they have to go to the public trustee to administer your estate. They can collect the will from them and go to a solicitor of their choice. So uh, as long as the public... Generally speaking, in my experience, where the public trustee makes a will, they usually manage to appoint themselves in there somewhere. You're quite sure they're not. that's not the case. Rhonda, are you... We'll get Rhonda back on. Are you sure that's not the case, Rhonda? No, I Googled and I had... There was lots of things on the internet to say do not make them executor or part of your will so we said definitely not we just wanted our two children as the executors and the beneficiaries so yeah they just virtually drew up the will for us in that case then it's entirely their choice who they approach or who's what solicitors they choose to do your estate when the time comes all right Rhonda thank you for the question graham's got a, a good question here that i think would relate to a lot of people hi graham yeah, hi. Um, thanks for taking my call. I have a brother who was ostracised uh, through his own fault uh, over 40 years ago from the family. So consequently, he was excluded from the will, leaving um, two siblings uh, to uh, share um, what was left. Just wondering if there is a claim, and if there is, how long before he has to submit it? Uh, Whereabouts uh, are we talking about in New South Wales? No, Queensland. Queensland. Um, How long ago, this is one of your parents, I take it, that has passed away? Yes, mum died two weeks, two and a half weeks ago. Oh, Graham, I'm sorry. And your, your father has already passed away? Exactly. Okay. So, uh, I think he has six months from the date the probate of the will is granted in Queensland to bring a claim. Because he's a child, he's, he's entitled to do so. You can't take that right away. But whether or not a claim is successful, of course, is another matter. 
All right, there you go. Look, we're powering through these calls. If you've got a question, give us a call now, 131873. Don't leave it to the last minute. We tend to miss out. We're talking to John Mann from Turner Freeman Lawyers. Legal matters, as we do every Tuesday, specifically wills. We'll get back to more of your calls right after this. Twelve minutes to two. We're waiting for a press conference from the Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk. It is set down for 2pm. She's set to make an announcement on the borders. It is likely that there will be a date set for when the borders will reopen, but it don't expect Victorians to be allowed in any time soon. It looks like there'll be an easing of restrictions, but with limitations applied, i.e. Victorians, you're not welcome. So we'll take you to that press conference that happens at the top of the hour. Let's get your legal questions through, though, to John Mann from Turner Freeman Lawyers. Let's go straight now to Sue. G'day, Sue. Hi, how are you going? Yeah, good. What was your question? Uh, yeah, I have a question. Uh, my parents have put a wish in their will that uh, no no money of theirs is to be re- released to me until I actually purchase a property of my own now. Is there any way I can get around that? John? Well, that's an interesting question. Um, <clears throat> I suppose it's a conditional gift or could be construed that way. Uh, I suppose the simple answer is to go and buy a property. But uh, if you are in contact with any other beneficiaries in the will, they might be able to come to an agreement with them that uh, that be made available to you at an earlier time, but that would have to be by agreement everyone else is involved in the will. Um, beyond that, <clears throat> you might have to take proceedings uh, to say that the provision that's made for, you, made for you in the will, even though it might be there, it may take years to take effect in which you could perhaps argue with the court that that is not a adequate provision for your needs as, they, as your needs are. But uh, it's a very interesting question to know where you'd go with that one. Yeah. Does it happen common in, in instances, John, where there are sort of real conditions put in wills like that? Generally, those conditions are put in as what we call a contingency, which you have to reach a certain age yeah. before you can, you can um, have your inheritance. Mm. Uh, and it's a, it's a matter for the person making the will whether they can impose conditions like that and whether the, whether the conditions in all the circumstances are reasonable. But, um, you know, I get often asked a question when I said, well, I didn't have any brains until I was 30. I said, well, when did you have brains? When do you want to give the money to your kids? <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a very difficult thing. But uh, that may well be, that one might have to... Um, if you can't come to an agreement, then I might have to go to the court to mm. uh, say I need more provision than that uh, and I need it now. Curly one, Sue, that's for sure. Yeah. Peter, what's your question for John? Yes, good afternoon, John. Good I'd just like, I'd just like to know, uh, I don't think my grandchildren are related to me, whether I can do anything about that in the will, whether I can get DNA tests done. Oh, um you, you, it's, it's entirely a matter for you who you leave who you leave gifts to in your will. If you if you are doubtful, you may not even include them in your will. But you could say that, subject to establishing that they are um, my uh, genetic relatives, then they can claim. Well, when you say my grandchildren, using those words, generally speaking, that would include either biological children or children that have been adopted. That's the normal course. 
But if you're if you doubtful about it, you need to just check it out. It's up to matter for you. Yeah, so you can put that as a condition in the will as well. There you go. You that... could, but uh, I'm not a great fan of conditions in wills. I think the simpler wills are, the better. Mm. Uh, you might have to just uh, either say, well, no, or if you say yes, we'll accept the fact that may or they may not be your biological grandchildren. Mm. All right, good advice. Kay, how about you? What was your query for John today? Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm in, we're in a blended family situation where we both have children, second time around marriage. We have conditions in place in the will protecting the children's interests in the property if anything happened to either one of us. We're about to, in the process of selling probably the next few months, but we may not buy again for a few months or six months later. We might travel. The money from that property that sits there, if anything happens to any one of us, do those conditions still apply to protect our children? Or is it purely just uh, Well, if, if you direct, it depends on, again, again, on the wording of your will. <clears throat> <Pardon me. clears throat> um, if you've given them that particular property, if it is a gift of, of a piece of property and you've sold it, then the gift is, is gone. It's failed. It's what's called a deemed. Now, we have a situation like this, and it, it's, it was the property in your name or your partner's name. It's very important to keep your affairs separate. So that if you say in my, your will, everything I have goes to my children, and if it's your property that's been sold, well, the proceeds of that sale you should just keep in your name. So it follows the same event as it would have been were it in the form of property. All right, Kay, I hope that helps you out. <laughs> Peter, what was your query? Yeah, hi Deb, John. Um, where you, you've got two siblings, and unfortunately uh, one of the siblings has passed away, is the um, spouse of that sibling um, have an entitlement to contest the will of the grandmother, um, who unfortunately passed away as well? Is he able? Is the um, like is the husband able to uh, contest the will? Under marriage? Uh, no, no. The right to contest a will for family provision <clears throat> is limited to uh, certain numbers of people, and it doesn't extend to their spouses. Oh, so that if, if your sibling has passed away, then there, there there is no entitlement on their spouse to bring a claim for provision under family provision. All right, I hope that answers the questions. We are out of time, John. That always happens. But if you've got a question for Turner Freeman Lawyers, you can visit turnerfreeman.com.au, the website and the phone number to give them a call, 134363. We've got our $100 Westfield voucher, which we'll give away to Denise from DY, John, for her great question earlier on. We'll talk to yes. you again. Uh, very popular segment. It always is on wills. Good on you, John. Thanks so much. All right, Jim. Thank you. John Mann there from Turner Freeman. And, um, yeah, check them out on their website, turnerfreeman.com. Dot au